Welcome back to the podcast, She Who Believes. I'm your host, Vivian Bell, and I am indeed She Who Believes. So for all of the month of August, we are talking about what? Mindset, right? And so I have a question, and the question is, who is in your ear? Who is in your ear? Now, how this relates to mindset is that what goes in our ear gates is what we're going to think about, right? So words are spoken, which leads to thoughts, which leads to actions. So who's speaking words into your ear? Who is your counsel? Um, Are they wise? Are they giving you good advice? Are they giving you godly advice? Are they telling you the right things that you should do? Um, Sometimes that's difficult for us to um, accept, separate ourselves from people who may not be giving us good advice because they may be relatives or friends that have been our best of friends for years, yet they are not telling us exactly what we need to hear, right? Um, Sometimes hearing things is not always easy. Sometimes saying things is not always easy. Um, But I want to really address um, who we're giving the power to speak into our ears. So for some of us, there are people who are sitting at our table who should have not been at our table for years who we should have honestly allowed God to leave that period at the end of that relationship and to move on, right? Whether it's a friendship or whether it's a uh, romantic relationship, whether it's a relative type relationship, some things we have to just let go of. And we have to be mindful of what and who we let speak in our ear gates. Because again, thoughts lead to, words lead to thoughts and thoughts lead to actions, right? And we can find ourselves doing things that we've never intended to do, all because the wrong person speaking in our ears. I've shared with you guys on a previous podcast how I believe that the enemy can speak to our spirit in the first person. And it can say, hey, I'm tired, or it can be something as simple as, I'm frustrated, I want to give up, I no longer want to live. It can be things such as uh, making a person think that someone's thinking something about them and we won't go into the mental health part of that today. Um, But there's just so many different things that the enemy may speak to you. He may speak to you and say, that last time you made that mistake, God was done with you. God was finished with you. He's changed his mind about you. And all of that's the furthest thing from the truth because nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? We know that, like, we know that if we study our Bibles or we're those who who may go to church or have heard that preach, you technically know that. But has it settled in your spirit is the question, right? So we just have to be careful what's in our ear gates. So I'm going to actually, I shared with you guys also uh, several weeks back, God had given me this particular word, which is called the value scale. And so he kept speaking that to my spirit and I wrote down what he told me. Then I felt I'm going to Google this because I can't be the first person who's heard of this. But the the value scale that you'll find on the internet is not the same thing as what God told me. That value scale talks about what's valuable to you in your life and and how it's measured. So it's like a hierarchy of whether it's food or shelter is important to you. So you value those things or if relationship is really important to you, but not as much as food and uh, dwelling, then it's going to be in a different place on the scale. This value scale is about who you allow to speak and determine your value, your value in Christ, your value in this world, your value in your relationship. Who are you letting determine that, right? 
So I'm going to share with you guys a scripture. Um, it's one of my favorites. I'll be reading it from the New International Version. It's actually going to be um, from two separate chapters. There's Esther 1, 16 through 22. And then there's also Esther 2, 1 through 4. And it reads as follows. Then Memukin replied in the presence of the king and the nobles, Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all the provinces of King Exerius. For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women. And so they will despise their husbands and say, King Exerius commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. This very day, the Persian and the Median women of the nobility who have heard about the queen's conduct will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. Therefore, if it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media, which cannot be re repealed, that Vashti is never again to enter the presence of King Exerius. Also, let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she. Then when the king's edict is proclaimed throughout all his vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. The king and his nobles were pleased with his, this advice. So the king did as Memukin pro proposed. He, <laughs> he sent dispatches to all parts of the kingdom, to each providence in its own script, to each people in their own language, proclaiming that every man should be ruler over his own household using his native tongue. So a couple things. So I, I think I'm sure I shared this with you guys in a previous podcast as well, that I did a study on this. And so um, Vashti wasn't just being disrespectful to her husband. In essence, the king was asking her to come before him in front of all his noblemen wearing nothing but her crown. Not just put on your crown and show yourself. He was saying, show yourself with your crown only. So this sister had some boundaries and she was like, dude, no, he was drunk. He was making wrong choices, wrong decisions. And then he let these men who came along and just thought, well, if your wife does it and you let her get away, the next time I told my wife to, per, per, you know, come out in just her birthday suit that she's, she's not going to show up. And I want her to do what I want her to do. I'm a narcissist. I want to control her. I want to dominate her. And so if you make this law, all the women are going to know, don't ever disrespect your husband. And so he made this law proclaiming that every man to be ruler of his household. Well, first of all, that was already a given in that time frame. So if their wives were not respecting them, it was for a reason because they were asking them crazy things like parade yourselves around butt naked in front of everyone else. Like that's not acceptable. It wasn't acceptable then. It's not acceptable now. And maybe it was acceptable then. I don't really know. Um, but so here he is listening to these men who are saying to him, put your wife out of the kingdom. She literally had done nothing else other than refuse to give up her morals and her values and not allow herself to be paraded naked in front of these other men. But when we get to uh, chapter two and verse one, it says later, when King Exertius' fury has subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. 
Then the king's personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful young women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of Haggai and the, the king's eunuch who is in charge of the women and let beauty treatments be given to them. Then let the young woman who please the young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Ashtai. This advice appealed to the king and he followed it. So yes, he remembered her after what? He was no longer drunk, after he was no longer angry, after he was no longer being prideful. Because what happened is that these guys were speaking into his ear. They were um, appealing to his pride and his arrogance and making him believe he was should be ashamed that his wife had standards, right? So saying it in those terms makes it sound like, hey, this guy, this these guys were crazy. But how many times have we allowed people to speak into our ear gates that should not be speaking in our ear gates and they're speaking things that are not good, whether it's to the detriment of your marriage or um, your ministry or just whatever it is like some like you have to be careful who speaks into your life because they can literally destroy your purpose and your reason for being here. So God sets in place his his uh, purpose for us, his ordered steps. We're the only ones who get to make a decision on whether or not we're the one he chooses to fulfill that purpose, right? So God's called me to encourage people, specifically to empower women to accept who they are in Christ and to walk in their destiny. And I do that by coaching and counseling. I help them unpack um, things in the past that may have caused them to have um, certain tendencies, certain habits, certain things that are making them stagnant from walking in their purpose. And then we um, build systems to help sustain them. And we come up with strategies that will help them to walk out their purpose, right? I'm called to that. That's what I'm called to do. I do that through this podcast. I encourage people through this podcast. And I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm saying it in confidence, basically Godfidence, because it has been years before I could get to that point of literally being comfortable in my own skin, knowing that I was called to be different, knowing that I was called to be the church girl. Like literally, um, if you knew me in high school, um, you knew that like, okay, we went to church. My parents were really strict. And um, I remember actually going to this party once, sneaking to this party. And so... um these popular guys at school had this party and they were football players and everyone was there and people were drinking. And I had this Budweiser that I wasn't really drinking because one, I didn't want to drink and two, I didn't want to drink and three, it was nasty. Um, but I wanted to stand there and pretend like I was sipping, you know, like I'm drinking, like turning it back, but not swallowing. And I was cursing. I was cursing. And at the time I didn't really know how to properly curse. Um, not saying that I hadn't learned and God has delivered me delivering, no. Um, but really, um, honestly, so I was cursing. I had this friend named Ernest. He came up to me. God, God bless him. He was really a good friend. Um, but he came up to me and he said, you sound really stupid. And so he could say that to me. He wasn't insulting me. It wasn't like he was putting me down or trying to make me feel low. But he was saying to me, like, listen, this is not you. He goes, go home. And I was like embarrassed, even though he didn't say it in front of a lot of people. It was me, my sister, and like these two guys we liked, right? 
And I'm like, dude, why are you embarrassing me? He goes, you're embarrassing yourself. Like everyone like knows that this is not you. This is not what you do. Like you're trying too hard. You sound stupid trying to curse. He's like, you can't even get your words right. Go home. And even though my feelings were so hurt and I was so embarrassed, um, I was like trying to fit in because I didn't want to be the church girl. I wanted to fit in with everyone else, wanted the guys to like me. But here was this friend who knew me, who actually grew up, um, his sister dated my uncle. And so he went to church with my grandparents also and all these other things. He knew how I was raised and he knew enough and loved me enough to say, go home. This party's not for you. There are other things going on at this party you do not need to be even involved in. Get out of here. That's what people who care about you do. That's what people who care about you tell you. People who love you will tell you the truth. So even though this situation turned out good for Esther and her people in the end, if we know the story, it saved the Jews, right? But think about Queen Vashti. So I used to listen and read the story and I heard it preached so many times where they talked about basically her attitude was bad. But really this girl knew who she was. She was bold. She was confident. She was absolutely positively not selling her soul, her integrity. And I think that that's something that we as women or just individuals, period, should make something that we live by, like not selling my soul, not going to be dishonest, not going to try to ruin someone else's life. So I have a couple questions you can ask yourself when you're trying to figure out who should be in your life. First, you want to figure out who's talking to you. And you'll know that as you look at the decisions you've made, think about decisions you've made even over the last several weeks, how they've made you feel. What did you end up, uh, what was the ending result? Were you happy with those things? And then think about the people who may have um, enticed you to do it, who may have given you poor advice. Consider who is talking to you. Make note of it. And then ask yourself, why do these particular people matter? Why does their opinion of you even matter? Make sure that it's not that I'm just trying to prove to you that I can fit in, that I'm not the church girl, that I'm not this or that I'm not that or that, hey, I am this or, hey, I am good enough or, hey, I have enough talents or I have enough skills to do a particular thing. What's your real motivation for allowing these people to have weight in your life, a weight that will um, change or jest or put out of balance your life if their decisions are, um, their their their, not their decisions, but their, their ability to, um, ha, their ability to affect your decisions. Thank you. It's early in the morning and I'm tired. <laughs> um, so check those things out. Who's talking to you? Why do they matter to you? Sometimes it's as simple as like, Hey, say for instance, you didn't have a good relationship with the parent, right? And you always wanted them to approve of you. So now you're letting whatever they say to you, Determine how you feel about yourself. That's not a good, that's not a place where you should allow there to be a lot of weight on words, especially if there's no honor in that relationship. There's no respect. There's no um, just love there. Then you don't give them the power to have weight, the words to have weight. And then a really big question is, in what place is God's opinion in your life? So go back to talking about scales and you're, you're uh, prioritizing. Is God here and everyone else here? 
or is everyone else here and God like way down here and he's the last one you check and ask, right? So check your priorities, check whose voice has the most weight, who you're listening to, how you're determining what decisions you make in your life. And then the last question is, is it time to rearrange things? If you've recognized that, hey, I'm not giving God the precedence that he should have in my life, in my decision making, in my business, in my marriage, in my relationships, then just make an adjustment. Change is good. We are, we should be okay with change. We are grateful to have a God that doesn't change, who's always faithful, but that's wonderful because he's perfect. And so since he wants to change us to be more like him, then that's good for us as well, because now we are having a heart like his and a love like his and forgiveness like his and all those really great things, right? So look at who's talking to you. Why do they matter or why does their opinion matter? And I'm not saying you get an attitude and you walk around and you live your life like, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I'll blow up every relationship, every situation and not care. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that God's voice, his His purpose for your life, His uh, His what he set out for you to do should be the top priority above all things. If it's not, check yourself and readjust, right? Well, that's all I have for this week. I'll be praying for you guys that you will be um, guarding your ear gates. Um, I pray often. I've asked God to guard the ear gates of my children. I've even asked them to sit angels at their ear gates and to, to make mute everything that is not spoken of him. Whether it's the spirit of fear that comes to speak to them, however the enemy attempts to speak, that his words are found ineffective. And I believe and pray that same thing for you in Jesus name. Well, I hope you have a wonderful week. Um, I want to let you guys know, I know I just announced this last week, um, that I would be doing my wisdom talks every Thursday at one. Um, but actually the wisdom talks are now going to be officially on Friday at 3 p.m. I know they changed, roll with us, but join us, um, hop in, ask questions, sit on the live talk, um, ask questions on my wisdom page, and I will give you an answer, an actual verbal recording of the answer. Um, any other way that you have questions, that you, any other questions that you may have, you're welcome to just jump on and ask them, even if they're not ones that I've actually talked about. So this month we're focusing on mindset questions about mindset, jump on and ask those. If there are questions that aren't about mindset, like salvation or um, whatever you choose to ask, anything that's appropriate, let me say that, then I will definitely answer those on um, my Wisdom Talk page. Well, um, that's all for now. I hope you guys have an amazingly wonderful week. week. Remember to celebrate you because you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of almighty God and remember to stretch your faith and to believe God because with God all things are possible. God bless you and have a wonderful week.